You're listening to The Lively Show, episode 344. You're listening to The Lively Show. This podcast is designed to uplift, inspire, and add a little extra presence to your everyday. Welcome to the show, my friends. Thank you so much as always for listening. Today's episode is here with Annie Francoeur and The Collective. I'm so excited to be able to have Annie and The Collective back here on the show. As you know from last season, we had them on several times. I'm not exactly sure the total number of guest appearances The Collective and Annie have made, but it's been many at this point. We have learned so much from The Collective here on the show and even more so in The Coco, which is actually launching the fourth round this coming Wednesday, January 13th. So let me share a little bit for those that are new to the collective in case you're new to the show and you're like, what is this collective that she speaks of? The collective is a group of non-physical entities channeled by Annie Francoeur of Quebec, Canada. Annie was initially an inner voice client of mine over a year and a half ago. And she just in her inner voice session, all of a sudden the collective popped through. So then of course I was just suddenly speaking with the collective and we've had so many wonderful conversations ever since that point. They came here on the show. And then over time, we started the COCO. So the COCO is the collective collective. It's a collective of humans that want to share in a group energy with the collective and ask their questions directly to the collective through submitting questions in a series of calls that we do on Zoom every other week. So right now the format is four bi-weekly calls on Wednesdays at 5 p.m. EST. So the next ones will be January 13th, January 27th, February 10th, and February 24th. This, like I said, is the fourth round of the COCO. The previous rounds, one, two, and three, you can get recordings of as well if you want to just listen to the recordings of past COCO rounds if you want. But if you want to be a part of COCO round four and actually submit your own questions in each of those four coming sessions, you are welcome to do so over at JessLively.com slash CC, like collective collective. So just lively.com slash CC is where you can register to sign up and join us if your intuition feels like it's a fit. To be honest, it is the most aligning part of my daily life. Like the things that I do daily in the month, like those two times energetically and vibrationally speaking are just so beautiful and peaceful. It's such a nice beautiful energy to be in. And the questions that people have been asking over the course of the rounds have just been getting better and better and more interesting and more in depth. And as you'll hear in this episode with the collective, I have a theory of what they're going to be leading us into in Coco round four a bit, which you'll see as you listen to this. But just so you guys know, if you're curious where the questions came from, the questions you're going to listen to in this came from the Lively Community app. The Lively Community app is a totally free app that's on your phone and your app store. Just search the Lively Community in your app store and you can download it for free. You can create a little profile and start meeting other Lively members. If you're in the Coco, we'll have a round, like a private group for the Coco members to share and chat and connect with each other, do inner voice work together if they want to, etc. Yeah, just like that's where they ask. So I put out a little call in the Lively Show app group chat of the app, and that's where people submitted these questions you're about to hear. So without further ado, let's go to Annie the Collective and let's go to the show. Hello, my friend Annie. Hi, Jess. Happy 2021. Oh, thank you. Thanks so much. And the same to you. I'm wishing you a very expansive, wonderful year. 
I'm wishing you to have the time to just come back to the space within. And obviously you're seeing that it's not Annie speaking now. It's already the collective. It's already the collective. You just jumped in. Collective. I was going to talk to Annie for a sec. Okay. We can't wait to be in this (laughs) presence. And we just took the stage. (laughs) Okay, collective. All right. So are you ready to get started, collective? We are. We want to just keep on with our wishes. It's um, transitioning the energy in the body just takes a few seconds now. And so these words were pointed towards your energy specifically. We want to thank you for making this reach to people available easy. We are thrilled that we are able to connect with more and more people and we are grateful to you specifically just for that. And so we are wishing you in the human customs to have a wonderful year with all the energy desired to connect within and to expand in your own way. And so we're thrilled of being here. Well, thank you. It has become, as I was telling Annie before the call, basically the highlight of my weeks lately is doing the cocoa with you guys. (laughs) We are really, really happy to hear that. It's beautiful. And we are uh, rejoicing in the energies of this shared moment with you and those who will join later. Yeah, the Cocoa Round 4 is starting. I'll give more details about that. starts on the 13th of January for anyone listening, but we'll get to more details on that in the beginning and at the end of this. But for now, let's start with the questions that people have asked through the app. So today's questions, I'll start with the first one. This is interesting because you've never been asked this collective. Uh, What does the collective think of human design? Mm, We have been asked this before. (laughs) Did I forget? Yeah, it's okay. It's a joy to say it again. Annie, the energy with which we are in contact now, is not familiar with that, but we can see that uh, human design is a frame of reference, is a template and a foundation or a structure to give people directions or help them connect with the inner wisdom that is within and that is available, but that the mind makes hard to reach, that the human mind for now is used to making things complicated. You have this knowledge within, and it's available to all of you. But these templates, these models, these informations about who this one being is today now in this lifetime because they were born on this specific day in that specific latitude and geographic spot on the planet is just a reference to the system within which you were born. And this is giving a coloration to who you are as a person, as a being, and it is wonderful. It is giving basically information on one, your, the way you are, but a potential. But where we want and uh, we suggest people when they are using these types of templates or informations about themselves is not to relinquish their creative power to that structure, to these informations. If you want to play the game of human design, it's like playing the game of astrology. It's like playing the game of 
of the cabal. It's like playing the game of the whatever the systems are used within these uh, this information. Are you playing it as a creator who chooses blindly to give your creative power to the system? Or are you using the system to propel you into the creator force within and allowing you to, let's say, to become mature in your creative energy? This is like kindergarten for an awakened being. It is a template. It is a piece of knowledge that is helping you launch yourself in the creative mode. Are you doing it? This is the question. So it's all open. It's a fun system. So can you give us an example of of how someone might be using it ineffectively and how someone could use it effectively? This is the same for every system. It's the same for a psychological model that is given to you. It's the same for astrology. Let's say you are born a Pisces or an Aries or whatever the sign you use, or even the Chinese astrology, even with a wider cycle, it's the same. You were born under a specific label And the system that you use, human design or anyone, shows you that you are this type of person. And it can be very accurate because it does work with what is in the manifested world. And it does work with the multidimensional grids that are helping matter being anchored in density or helping energy being anchored in matter, so to say. So... The way to use that in an ineffective way is to stay stuck in what is given you there, is to not have the imagination to propel you outside in a grander way of what is given you. If you're told you're good at this and that, wonderful, but why don't you use it to propel yourself in being good at something else, in using your gifts to develop another aspect of your being, of your dwelling in this body, of your creative power. So it's a beautiful way to to understand what are the potential gifts or capacities of this being, this body, but do not stop there. It's not like they're reading your personality and this is who you are. It's a starting point. It's a... It's kind of a soil enriched with potentials and you are the seed within and you can grow out of what was given to the seed because you're not in the plant realm. You have that creative power. Let's say a maple tree seed has that knowledge within that maple design, you know, like in comparison to the human design. And so it will grow a maple tree. But the beauty of the human life is that you have a starting template and then you can grow from that. You can evolve from that. And that's why you came here to evolve from the shell within which you came into this manifested world. And you have the potential to create absolutely anything you want to create. If you're staying with what is given to you within any system, you're not using 
the power of the creator, or you're using it to slow you down or to keep you in a certain frame, which is a choice. Nothing is good or bad. It's just, what are you choosing? All right. I'm going to give you an example just to bring this to the earth level. <laughs> I feel like, a, to like to someone actually implementing in their lives something like human design. I'm not personally familiar with it, but I do know it has some links, I believe, to astrology. So I'll just use an astrology as a different but similar methodology example. I remember in... <laughs> A few months ago, I made a new friend, and I'm a Libra. He was also a Libra. And he started being very flaky and not showing up to things that we had planned to do. And I didn't want to say anything, and that's typically a Libra trait, is to not be confrontational. And we're both Libra, so I knew that about ourselves. But at the same time, I didn't want to be defined by, oh, I don't like confrontation. This is awkward. So therefore I shouldn't. Mm -hmm. Instead of falling into, oh, I'm a Libra. He's a Libra. Of course. Yes, of course, we both didn't want to have the conversation. But then I realized I didn't have to stay stuck in a role or stay stuck into a tendency. So I did have the courage to share like, you know, this doesn't feel good when you're blowing me off having Mm -hmm. plans and you're not following them. So I the tendency was there assuredly, but it wasn't something I had to stay stuck in and say, oh, I'm a Libra, therefore I cannot act outside of what the tendencies might be. Mm -hmm. So this is exactly what we wanted to say. You chose to be the creator who propels yourself outside of the mold, outside of the frame of reference that what is a Libra? A Libra might be coming to this plane with the tendency not to confront because they are about relationships and relationships are precious to them. So the confrontation mode is more the tool of a more fiery sign or frame. But then you decided, because you have this power, to propel yourself in a larger track than the one set for the Libra. So you decided to give yourself more room to play, more playground, and you decided to endorse another suit, a larger, you know, like you have a a grander wardrobe than the one set for the Libra. You decided to bring in some new clothing, like the one of the person who is um, able to, to express her voice clearly and not fear a confrontation and it doesn't have to be a confrontation when you state your truth so this is expanding beyond the libra frame and this is beautiful and this is being the creator so you can use human design astrology or any other frame of reference as a set playground with high walls in which you decide to dwell Or you can use it as a launch pad and see what are the positive aspects of being a Libra, if we take this example, and what can you choose from there? Do I want to keep consciously this aspect? Am I choosing to enrich it? Am I choosing to just segue out of it? Am I choosing to expand and become or add several levels of to my capacity to deal with relationships, you know. So you can always choose to stay in the track that was set or expand from it. Yeah, that was how it felt. It felt really liberating. 
just because that's not the way I typically would feel like doing things doesn't mean I'm stuck, that I can't say something if I feel like there's something on my mind that I would like to say. We would like to say definitely no one is stuck in a set template within which they came to this plane in this manifested life. It's a, it's a starting kit, let's say. We, <laughs> we love that. It's a starting kit within which you have abilities and shortcomings. And then it's your power to enrich, change, shift, or keep. Yes. I love that. This is a great question. I'm so excited was asked at the top of the questions. What does the collective have to say about what we can expect in 2021 collectively and globally? Hmm. <laughs> a rainbow of possibilities is expanding in front of you, dear ones. This doesn't have to be the gloomy perspective that mass consciousness is conveying right now. We are not about predictions. That's not our power. That's not why we came to you. But we are surely here to remind you of the power of the creator within. And so as you set forth an intention, personally, collectively within this group of awareness, and if possible, globally, this will give a coloration to what may come your way. Because whatever is out there is always influenced by what is felt within as an imagination by default or a conscious will of creating something. So what this new year is bringing your way, it is collectively, it is the right and the homework of humanity to choose that. Of course, you have to compose with the systems within which you exist, which are this earth, these planets surrounding you, these systems that most of the time are ignored in the uh, composing of what is your now. And they do have a role to play. And so the intention of the human, if the intention is set with a lot of strength and is set with a lot of alignment and clarity, it can tap into the aligned energies of the systems within which you dwell. So the earth, the celestial bodies. And so you can tap into that nourishing, aligning energy and create something more balanced to help you journey within what is happening outside of you now. Is we, we keep on saying that what is happening and shaking humanity right now is growing pains, is an alignment to this extraordinary leap that has been made in your society within the past few decades and the human body is simply trying to adjust to this. So the more you focus for this coming year, because you tend to enjoy preparing the year to come, the more you focus on an intention of clarity, of alignment, of expansion, of 
we would say all this with kindness for yourself, with a not a sense of being rushed, but a sense of taking your time and breathing in the changes instead of being wiped out by the changes. We would suggest you to do that, to breathe in the alignment and the balance of the changes instead of the tsunami that some may be feeling right now. There is no fear to be felt here. It's just growing, growing pains. Yes, I remember once you talked about mass consciousness and it really made an impact on me personally. Mm -hmm. And I'd love for you to, I guess, in this context of collectively and globally, could you speak to mass consciousness and what people, as they're watching mass consciousness shift and evolve this year, what your perspective would be for someone watching mass consciousness evolve? For someone watching and, and who has chosen to disidentify to mass consciousness, what they are going to see is the creation of this new earth that masters have been speaking about. And it's not something that can be seen with the human eyes, but it surely is something that can be felt in the difference between how one who is on the path of awakening and realization feels within by themselves when they are with their own energy and how they feel or how they can connect to that cloudy mass consciousness. So it's very easy to feel the difference of vibration, of emanation, of radiance. One is clear no matter what is happening outside. And if you connect to the energy of the mass consciousness that is fearful, stuck, and mainly the energy of that is stuck. It's a totally different experience. So for those who are willing to propel themselves into the realization pathway, it's about remembering that no matter what is happening on the outside, you always have this core that is very still within you. You always have this very dynamic stillness within, which is the pure flow of life. And no matter what the planet is going through, what your country is going through, what your city, what your family, and what your body itself is going through, within there is always this beautiful, alive stillness that is connected to all that is. And so... Coming back to your question, that mass consciousness will probably, for some people who are not aware, will englobe them, will simply gobble them up, and they will just be in that fear. But don't be fooled. They all have the potential of choosing to step out. Everybody has this potential. It's given to all human beings. It's part of your ability when you come to this plane in a manifested being to choose to see, to think for yourself and to see is this in resonance with what is within and what am I choosing? And so fear, stuckness, the clutter of what is out there doesn't need to be yours. You can disconnect truly. 
I loved hearing that when you said it the last time. You said basically separate as much as you can from mass consciousness. And mm-hmm. I loved hearing that confirmation. And in that, we would like also, because we know and we feel this, humans, people, they fear being alone. And it is a very natural reaction. So do not fear when you severe the link When you choose that to let go of mass consciousness, do not fear that you'll be like a bubble floating alone in the cosmic reality. You will, in a more easy way even than before, you will find people on your way, either in the flesh or in the ways you have to connect that will be at the same level as you are. And you will create your very own family within that set of vibration, within that frequency, within these beliefs that you're choosing. And so you will recreate yourself a new type of family, a new type of community. And this is one being here, one being there. It's a a collection of sparks of light and of beautiful sparks of connecting to the flow of life that will and is creating this new earth. Beautiful. Here's another great question. What does the collective think about finding purpose, quote unquote, as a human? How about finding, quote unquote, meaning instead? Do these drives for either really matter? This is the mind trying to show you that you need to have a label put on the life's normal, natural desire to evolve. If you let go of the shoulds and the have to and the the need to have a protocol in the journey you are going through into the awakening thing, if you let go of all that, naturally the purpose will come and naturally its meaning will unfold. You don't have to choose between the two. You don't have to set your compass on either one of these. The purpose of life is to use your creative power to create. The way you do it is personal. And of course, humanity is still held by the mass consciousness and the beliefs that are set in mass consciousness and that are setting the playground, so to speak, for what you are going through now. But as you differentiate yourself from the mass consciousness, as you regain your sovereign self, as you regain your creative rights, and as you practice them, because this is truly like a muscle, you really have to exercise the right to be the creator in your life. So as you do it more and more, you will let go of the frame of references that you're used to work with. And so the purpose of life will come by itself naturally as you, the one asking the question, as you wanted to be when you came into this plane. And as you, all those ones who are listening, as you, the unique you, want your purpose to be. You don't need to define it through the mind. It just is within. Allow it to bloom. Allow it to come forth. It's like the notion of the red carpet that so many masters talk about. 
do not expect the entire role to be unfolding itself in front of you and so that you could see the road ahead. This won't happen. What is going to happen when you trust that this red carpet is unfolding because you're playing creator and you're allowing life to guide you is that whenever you decide to put one foot ahead of the other, there will be the red carpet. But it's not for you now to see what is coming as a set journey. It's for you to create it. Beautiful. Collective, does the inner voice have an inner voice? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> that is rather funny. Um, <laughs> Meta inner voice. Inner voice can be anything we have to say. What do you connect to when you say inner voice? If you mean the part of you that is connected to all that is, that has no influence whatsoever, that is not influenced by the mind, by the conditioning, if you're talking about that inner voice, it is pure, it is pristine, it is wise, and it may come to you in a various way for the first times because it is subtle and gentle and it doesn't want to push you or to scare you. So the inner voice can make itself smaller to come to you so that you start trusting it. But in itself, it's the same one connection to all that is, that is being narrowed down for humans to be able to receive it. But as you grow, as you open up, as you let go of resistance, the inner voice changes tones, if we can say, it becomes more of less personal and it becomes more of a wider connected to more rays of wisdom or of consciousness pool but it's not separate so it's all within one connection to what is beautiful but it's all ultimately the same thing but can individuate into the point of view of wisdom of your own life yeah because it's a very adaptive power or presence more than power and it does adapt to your level of um, allowance you know how much do you accept of the invisible in your life and so it might come to you in the voice of a deceased loved one at first or as signs on a billboard or as a title on a book that you see on a shelf it may come as a message as numbers this is, you know, what most people connect to. And then it will refine itself, not being more individualized, absolutely not, but it will let go of the human identity and it will let go of the need to make itself trustable to you. And it will become wider, more expanded, more available for you to connect to all the answers, all the knowledge, all that is. So it's one thing. It's not separate. That's for sure. All right. Are you ready for the question? Yes, All yes. right. Her question <laughs> is wondering about other dimensions. Does consciousness exist or manifest as multiple dimensions that our soul also might be participating in at the same time? 
I've heard other channeled sources speak that if we destroyed the planet, it would only be in this dimension. I've also heard Abraham talk about some people being able to see parallel dimensions and interpret them as angels or aliens. I'm wondering if the collective could explain this in a clear, beautiful way that I'm wrestling with and confusingly trying to ask about. (laughs) (laughs) So we love your question and we love your authenticity. And uh, we would suggest as we give our views on that, the one listening, the one who's asked the question and anyone who wants to play that game, just let go of the mind expectations and let go of the mind limitations on grasping a concept that is way out of its potential. Because what you're asking about is far grander than the human mind can conceive. So you have to use other perception centers to be able to connect. So how about just choosing to allow your awareness to be in the nest of the collective, which we remind you is simply coming back to the core of you, coming back to the center of you, not asking where is that, but simply choosing to be there. We are with you. We are merging our energies with yours if you allow us. And from that space, without asking questions, how is it possible? We will simply say to you that, yes, consciousness is a multidimensional presence. It is acting beyond space and time. It is acting way beyond the spectrum of this planet, these bodies that you are dwelling in. And if this planet was to be destroyed, consciousness because it is not anchored permanently to the body, to the human vessel, would simply go on its expanding journey. Nothing would be lost because nothing is ever lost. And so trying to understand what is consciousness from the mind is an impossible task. Truly, human beings who are eager to have more clarity about that need to hone their skills at developing another perception system, which is, we think we have addressed that way beyond the hearing, seeing, smelling, and all these senses, but is one that you access when you allow yourself to be so still, so quiet within that suddenly you're perceiving yourself as wider than the human body. Suddenly you're perceiving yourself as an expanded being that becomes, and the word we hear the most is immense and without boundaries. And when you allow yourself to be in that space where suddenly Let's say your arms and your legs will become insignificant to you as you stand still within. You might be able to experience an opening to the multidimensional presence of consciousness and simply be there and do not fear and allow yourself to just roam and play. And for the sake of your question, it is not from a space of 
wondering and asking the question that you will have clarity. It is from a space of surrendering to what is and allowing yourself to be in that stillness so you can expand and let go of the boundaries of the human body. And we thank you for that beautiful question. Yes. And actually, as a human on the other side, in the little body, I can say they're right. And I'm a human saying I've experienced what they're describing. And it really is the stillness of the body Mm-hmm. And then the expanding through the body and beyond the body and then going into the other realms. It is possible. Mm-hmm. I can say it is possible. I know, obviously, we all know they're not speaking theoretically, but it seems it's possible. <laughs> Just know it's possible. You can do it. It is. And, and you, it really, they're not lying. It's about getting still. Like the, if you mm-hmm. want to know how, get your body as still as possible and put your awareness into the body and as and still breathe. as possible. And breathe, yeah. The breathing is the key because the breathing is allowing light to come into each and every one of your cells. And when you allow this light that is connected to the life force to come within the body, that's where the limitations can be released. That's where the being can expand so much easily beyond the physical shell. And do not fear you will be able to resume your normal life. But having these experiences, may that be for what you call one or two or five seconds or a minute, will show you that you can do it. You have the ability, all, each and every one of you, if you so choose. And the breathing is the key to stillness. And my experience of it is that it grows. The more that you do get still in an ongoing basis, the more the stillness grows and the more the immensity grows. So it expands from wherever you start. Whatever you're able to feel at the start is only where you're beginning. It will not stay stuck in the place that you're at right now. No, this is a very dynamic state, even though it is probably the most quiet or still that most of you will have experienced. But then it gives you access to so many beautiful dimensions. And that's where you start understanding or receiving that death or sickness or any ailment that the human body is going through is not the end of it. And you start having access to the wider reality. And that's when you stop needing hope and you start living the truth of what is. This is an interesting one. I'm curious how you'll answer. What does the collective have to say about trust, trusting your heart and trusting your inner voice? How do I learn to trust my heart and inner voice? Mm. Trust is key to, let's say, either start on the journey or move on. And at one point, trust is the tool needed to surrender. You have to trust that your inner guidance, this inner wisdom will show you the way. You have to trust that you are not alone. You have to trust to to give your power the one you think is yours as a human being. You have to give that to the grander part of you. You have to relinquish the desire to control. And when you do that, expect magic to unfold in your life. When you do that, you are allowing 
life's intelligence to come and play with you when you start trusting that what has created this world, this higher intelligence, has plans for you if you want to play with it. When you start trusting that, that's when the fun begins. That's when the expansion comes into your life in numerous ways that the conditioned mind cannot even imagine. So how to trust is start with the small things. Start with a place you would not allow anyone to choose for you in your life on a topic, something specific but not too big, and give that decision to your inner guidance and see what comes your way. You have to move and change things if you want changes to come into your life. So you have to dare at one point to jump into what may seem to be a void, but truly is rich with beautiful experiences. Beautiful. I love this question. I think this is a beautiful question to end the questions on. Do souls need to be healed? I've read this in a few texts. If so, why? Do souls come here for healing, for learning, or for both or neither? It's beautiful. No, souls, they do not need healing. They are not wounded. What is wounded is the human aspect that is connected to the soul. A soul will come here to expand, to evolve. This is natural. This is the natural spur that inhabits the life force but a soul does not need healing. A soul is never broken. And this force within, we suggest to all of you who are listening to just connect with that for a moment and see the integrity of your soul. Ask your soul to show you, is it broken truly? No matter what you are experiencing right now, is your soul broken? Does it need mending? Does it need healing? And just stay with that request and receive what your soul is showing you. And we have no doubt your soul, if you allow it, if you trust that connection, will show you how complete it is. And even if it comes complete with the desire here to create It's always, always evolving, but it's never broken. I love that. Always evolving, never broken. Yes, that's the true nature of life. Oh, I'm so excited for more humans to figure that out. It's going to be an exciting year. (laughs) Is there anything else you want to share, Collective, before we wrap and talk with Annie? It's We're just so in love with this moment. The body now is just submerged with a wave of love and expansion and gratitude that you are allowing us to share with people. And we urge you to put on the clothing of the creator to, yeah, step in the shoes of the creator in a new way for this coming year that you like to give coloration to. Choose the shoes of the creator and play with that. Allow yourself to expand, dream big, and see your dreams coming into manifestation. 
And with that, thank you. So the Cocoa Round 3, the theme seemed to be in one way the nest and coming back to that nest you spoke about in this call. It mm-hmm. seems like I have an inkling that, and I'm very curious and excited for the Cocoa Round 4 because I've never heard you go so deeply into the focus on the creator shoes. So I'm very mm-hmm. excited to see if we get a lot of questions on what it looks like to totally surrender, trust, and at the same time create within yes. that it seems to the mind like a tension between the two. How do I create without the mind creating resistance in the process? And how do I trust and surrender at the same time? We'll be glad to expand on this, but it's about allowing the mind to find a restful place and come back to its true role of being serving the creator and not controlling the creator. Beautiful. Thank you so much, Collective. I'm so excited for next week. (laughs) Yes, we thank you. How are you feeling, Annie? Mm. (laughs) Um, Absolutely good. You know what? It was so deep. Their presence was so, it is still so strong. I'm feeling good. How about you? I'm good. I know everyone loves hearing from you. So since they popped in right away at the beginning of the call, I thought I'd have a little few seconds to talk with you yeah. about Coco round okay. four. Uh-huh. But do you want to share what your experience has been like from the last few rounds of Coco and going into round four? Personally, for me, it has been a true gift to be able to bring that energy to people and hear the questions and see how it has changed since the first round into the second and the third one, and knowing also that there is an interest still for people to connect with that loving energy and that expanding energy. I'm just happy about that, and I find it beautiful, and I love the opportunity to be able to do that. So for me personally, it's a gift. It's really an enrichment to my life. Daily, I am, I am enjoying their teachings and anyone can do that. So I just love it. Oh, good. Well, I'm excited. We'll see each other <laughs> on Zoom next week on Wednesday. Yeah. And uh, the next basically two months, we'll be having another round yeah. to share. I found that interesting, the creatorship. Did you notice that seemed to be kind of emphasized? Oh, yeah. It's really, really what they want to bring forth. And personally, for me, in the past few weeks, it all has been about that. What are you choosing? When I go to bed at night, what did you do with your creator's shoes today? So they're really kind of putting the compass in that direction, reminding us that we have this power and it's bigger than, let's say, in the first rounds where they were more giving clarity about, you know, maybe the system in which we are living or what is a soul or what is death. I think now they have kicked into another gear Yeah, it seems like they have more of a direction Mm -hmm. rather than fielding random questions. And I'm excited to see because I think it's going to be so fun. I love that topic. I'm not surprised I feel like they're in my life because I love the idea of, you know, I always have, even from the Abraham Law of Attraction flow days. I love focusing, if we're going to say, and even the question around meaning and purpose that someone had asked, the biggest, most specific thing they offered was that you're here to be a creator. So that is so exciting. I'm really excited to see if we can pick apart for the minds of those that join us, like the, when the mind is choosing to create something Mm -hmm. and what is being chosen. Like, I think I want to have a question in the Cocoa Round 4. I normally don't ask questions, but I, one of my questions I want to ask him is how to tell when 
the mind is the one that's making the choice and when it's the not the mind to be the one that's having the preference in the first place because I totally get the idea of like it's a servant and not the master but then where's the preference originating and how can you tell when and whence from where but preference originating from as well so I'm excited to really pick that apart in a new level that also includes all of the realization aspects and the surrender aspects not just the human point of view on creation as it's often taught. Uh-huh. It's, it's very exciting that we're, you know, going into that direction. And one thing that I know, is it the mind choosing to create this and that, or is that like the higher part of me? The mind will only create from what it knows. So when the mind is offering the human to create this and that, if it looks like what we know and it's not expanded from the experience we had, like the highest experience is not surpassed, this is the mind creating. But if what comes our way is mind-blowing, truly, that's when we know it's the wisdom within who's choosing to create. Well, I'm excited because when they say, did you put on your creator shoes? Then you've got to go, well, did I get my mind blown uh-huh. <laughs> today? That's it. And, I, and then how did I choose what I didn't know to even expect? So I'm excited to talk that out with them in more detail. <laughs> oh, it's going to be wonderful. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much, Annie. I'll see you soon. Okay. It's my joy. So see you next week. And there you have it. Thank you so much for listening. And Annie and the Collective, thank you again, as always, for coming on the show. I'm so excited that we get to work with you. And if you guys want to join us for the Cocoa Round 4 starting next week, you can head over to JessLively.com slash CC. And until next week, may something wonderful happen to you today. Thank you.